0: Hey, Storm Mindset. Mindsets, I hope you're having a great December and uh, you've had a good year so far. Um, today, I'm really excited to welcome a guest who I saw on TV a couple weeks back in LA and um, I just had the idea in the spur of the moment to reach out and message him and uh, with the, everything that's going on with student debt and of course, like, you know, how we view inflation and finances, personal finances is a really big thing to me, I guess, just as a recent graduate and just seeing how it plays into our everyday lives, right? Like debt kind of controls us and locks us in chains. And today we got Nick Sky. he's a founder of Changed.
1: Um,
0: They were on Shark Tank, maybe 5% of the company.
1: What if I told you that the digital change from your everyday purchases can help pay off Americans' debt, now we can using the change debt robert let's say you buy a cup of coffee for three forty-five. change rounds it up to four bucks and you just save 55 cents towards your student loan simply create an account link your bank and change rounds up your everyday purchases to the next dollar i think we got a deal We
0: that's a tough <laughs> negotiation <laughs> i so already heard of them but uh if you are a student with student debt i recommend that you uh download their app and uh figure out how you can uh, get ahead in that student loan payment. But uh, well, Nick, man, it's, it's really good to see you, man. It's, it's quite a, uh, quite fascinating how uh, people just yeah, connect on the internet.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you were able to find me and then see that Shark Tank episode from years ago. Um, you know, we were on that show in 2018 and we were focused on student loans only. And since then we've built our product to help support, um our members which we call the squirrel squad because we, we have a logo that's a squirrel so uh, we help them pay off all forms of debt whether it's auto loans personal loans credit cards really trying to help people have a better understanding of their debt situation because at the end of the day debt sucks no one wants to think about it we're trying to make it a positive experience but i'm looking forward to sharing our story and and, and answering any of your questions
0: man absolutely i guess just to begin i mean did you when, how how long, how long was it until you got on Shark Tank from like starting the LLC or the, the you
1: know the yeah covers? so we we were really fortunate right so we didn't necessarily start an LLC but we started like working on you know the idea 2017 um, and we launched our first iOS app in the App Store in March of 2017 right and we were we were going through the process like how do you launch trying to do the research trying to get some beta testers we're like You know, we got a couple hundred people signed up for the beta. And like at the time with iOS, you had to like launch a test flight and users had to download a test flight app, then download the app. So, and this is still the same way, but it's a lot harder to get users to jump on a platform that they have to jump through hoops to get to. So we decided, Hey, why not? Let's just launch it on the app store. And this was 2017. Um, And like a month into having the app in the app store, Apple feature, fe- features us as one of the new apps they love, which is bananas to us, right? Because we're thinking we're gonna get maybe a hundred downloads. Then all of a sudden I get I get like because we worked at this co-working space in Chicago called 1871, you know, incubator for tech uh, in Chicago. And I start bumping into people and they're like, Congrats on the Apple store feature. Like, hey, uh, congrats on, you know, being featured by Apple. I'm like, what what are you talking about? <laughs> and then at the time I opened the app store on the on the iPhone. And we're like the first step, front and center. I'm like, holy crap! Like, uh, our email services are, you know, reaching their limits, and you know, people are emailing us through support. Show. I'm like, how are you guys finding out about us? Um, so through that um, feature, uh, a producer from Shark Tank reached out to us and encouraged us to apply. We went through the application process, which you know, uh, took several months, and then we eventually uh, were asked to be on the show, and we pitched, and and the rest is history.
0: Wow, man did you uh did you were you hesitant to go into Shark Tank or was it just like you know something that was just I don't know I automatic? mean
1: at the, at the time we were like a three month old company we're like this is the best possible thing that could happen right we understood that you know it, it might be a little early like we were worried that you know we had a couple hundred users a couple hundred dollars a month in revenue at that point. So like, I mean, is it too early, but at the same time, like you don't want to pass up that opportunity, right? So we are like, let's make sure that our, our systems can scale from a technical perspective. Let's make sure that we have enough, you know, um, resources to cover any type of customer support issues. Um, and we are just saying you know, screw it, let's do it. Um, and fortunately, after going through the process, it, it worked out and it's still paying dividends. Every time an episode reairs, like you watch, you know, we get uh, more downloads, more users, more members on the platform.
0: Wow, that's so cool. Um I was gonna ask you, like, do you think that uh did did you uh walking into that meeting, like was that the most nervous you've ever been, like to to pitch something before?
1: In in the tank? Yeah, in the tank. <laughs> when they, when we were, so it was it was There was a lot of production involved, right? This is TV, right? So, like, you're kind of distracted by the production. Like, if it was a regular pitch, like, we've pitched dozens of times at that point, and it's pretty easy. Like, you flow off the top of your head, you know your lines, and you do all this other stuff, right? When it came to, like, pitching on Shark Tank, you had to kind of tighten a lot of that up. You had 90 seconds to get your entire message across before people start asking you questions. Um, so, Dan and I had practiced this, you know, hundreds of times like our little 90 second pitch like word for word getting it down uh to science and when we went out there it just kind of flowed and we blacked out right we blacked out we went through our pitch and then it was over and then questions questions started being fired at us right left and right and we're like one of the things that we we knew we needed to do is to control the room right so like if five people are asking you questions you have to address all those people but then focus on one person answer their question in a way that you want to right it's like yeah I, like you're asking me a question to get your agenda across i'm going to answer my, answer that question to get my agenda across so it's kind of like oh, what so- politicians do or what <laughs> pr people do is like Like is it a yes or no? And then you go, go around in circles. And then you finally answer the question that matches your agenda, right? That's what you're doing when you're pitching, you're trying to get your story out there. So we were able to control the room pretty well on our episode. We had, um, Barbara, we had Alex Rodriguez from the Yankees, uh, an entrepreneur. We had Cuban, uh, Laurie, and then Robert Hershebeck. So all Uh, of them, Kevin O'Leary,
0: Kevin, wasn't there. No, Kevin
1: O'Leary. Thank goodness, right? (laughs) He would have destroyed us. Um, but, uh, but like all of them literally after we ended our pitch, asked ask questions at the same time. And we were like trying, like, hey, I, I heard all you guys' uh questions, but Alex, let me answer your question first, right? So we kind wow. of control the room in that way. And like as soon as you kind of control that room, they kind of sit back it's like, okay, we're gonna this guy's gonna we're gonna take this guy seriously, right? Um, so we were in there, we pitched and answered questions for like over an hour and they cut it down to the nine minutes that you see on TV.
0: Mm. That's awesome, man. Isn't that funny how uh, editing can really change the story's, like, perspective, right?
1: <laughs> when we saw the first cut and, like, our faces on the preview, like, there's this one point in the episode where we ask, is there any room for negotiation? And the camera zooms into Cuban's face. He's like, no. And then you see Dan <laughs> and I, like, sweating a little bit and, like, whispering in- into each other's ears. And, like, then we instantly instantly say, okay, yes, let's go. But there was a little time in between that, that we had had a discussion. Um but yeah they cut it down to make it very very entertaining
0: what was it that you guys walked in originally wanting to f- get get raised was it like 250k for like 10 15 or something or
1: 250 for 15 percent which is like a pre-money of 1.6 million uh-huh. and At that time, you know we had just launched our first product had 800 bucks in revenue like dude just yeah right. um and like before we went on the show we, we talked to some experts um, uh, some vcs like hey we're, we've got this potential to pitch on the show and like we didn't tell them the details um, because we couldn't Um, but like what's a good valuation for the company the traction at the time and they're like you know like in, in Chicago probably like 1.5 1.6 if you were on the coast by 2.5 so we settled on the on the lower end of that spectrum Um, but at the end of the day we had our, our ceiling in mind right it's like we'll give up a quarter of the company to get this deal done and land the investor that we wanted so you know it, it was kind of a no-brainer at that point where like all right we hit our ceiling let's let's go.
0: Man, yeah, I think that's kind of rare, right? Because traditional VC, they'll, you know, take a meeting and they'll think about it for like 100 hours like, well, before we fund them, right? But, but on the, on the more, spot, than, yeah, that's than, so cool. More than
1: 100 hours sometimes.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, was that, um, yeah, like, compared to like, I guess other equity raises you guys did, do you think like that was the most fun you had? Or like, was that just like...
1: Most. Yeah, it was a big it was the biggest rush. Like, you know, we raised our seed round in 2021 and it went down the traditional path, right? We we didn't don't have experience. We're first generation Americans. We were raised by a single mom. We don't have like a bunch of pedigree behind us where we have all these, you know, private equity or you know, VC friends and folks, right? Um, so we had to go out there and like start from the from the ground up, right? So we started pitching angels that we randomly would find in Chicago. Then through 1871, which is a great incubator in Chicago we were able to get connected with other VCs. And we kind of went through that slog early on and like did not enjoy the process as much as Shark Tank, but learned a lot during that process. Right. So when we were raising our seed round, we uh had, I had must've had 120 contacts meetings, on yeah. meetings. Right. And you know, we finally found the investor that had enough conviction and understood what we were building and that aligned. Right. We had a couple of, um you know commitments and term sheets that came through but the one that we felt was the best for the company that's the one we went with in our seed round
0: i, I gotta ask you something i always like fascinated by like what's it like like hanging or meeting hanging out with mark cuban you know because he's one of those yeah. perplexing businessmen in the world
1: yeah i mean we're not hanging out he's not All right. like <laughs> yeah i guess hey, let's go to a to game together um he's he's a very straight shooter he he's a no bullshit kind of guy right where he yeah will tell you how he feels and what he his opinion on it is but at the same time he's not uh at the company day to day running it right so he's not going to try to insert himself and say hey you guys need to do this this way right um there are horror stories i'm sure you hear about where like board members like the Sam Altman thing where they fire uh, the leader and like all these things go bad um, yeah <laughs> mark's very much so a connector and a sounding board um, to the point where if we have a question or if we need an introduction to someone um, that is going to be hard for us to get to he can pick up the phone or send an email and we, we'd be able to get that
0: man that's awesome yeah i mean if you if you ever talk to him again tell him i say hi
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I will.
0: <laughs> that's so funny man the world's like quite not as big as you think like all the time, you know, it's uh yeah. one, one thing I'd love to talk to you, Nick though, about is uh you guys were, and everybody on Shark Tank is have, they have to be vulnerable, right? Like the sharks are asking pressing questions and you can't really lie on the spot and say, we have a different amount of users, right? Because like, or you can't really just sugarcoat things cause they're going to see through that. Right. Um, And one thing I found like really, what do you call that? Inspiring or just, you know, uh relatable to was um you and Dan, like, one of you, I think Danny was driving Uber or you might've been driving Uber in your spare yeah. time. Yeah, in your spare time, right? And Yeah. How, can you just talk to me about like how you can, how do, how do you recommend uh, somebody who tells a story to be vulnerable like that? Because that's something like, I think like you might want to not necessarily hide, but I think like, I guess in society, it seems like there's a lot of down look on, you know, Uber drivers yeah, yeah. and things like that, right?
1: I'm going to give you a couple answers on that. One, I think it's very much how, environment that you're raised in right so we're from the midwest um raised by you know first gener like a immigrant uh mother and like we always saw honesty truth and hustle and grinding and my one of my favorite sayings is embrace the broom right so like don't be afraid to do the job that may not be in your job description or may feel like it's below you to get things done right so that that's a form of honesty because you know at the end of the day you have a goal and whatever you need to get to that goal, you have to do. Other thing I think in being vulnerable, um, specifically on Shark Tank, it's you're, you're you're selling your story and yourself to people. Just like when investors say we invest in founders, we don't invest in the company. They're, that's actually true because the company is nothing without the leadership that's driving the, the company's success. There's a billion ideas out there. 0.01% of them are going to work because someone's executing on it, right? So taking that leap from idea to execution and we get, obviously we get users reaching out to us, pitching us ideas for the changed app, and they want us to sign an NDA. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna sign an NDA. And one, like the idea is really nothing without execution, right? So um, going back to like sharing your story, it's, it's, it's something that we always um, wanna be very transparent with, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly um even with like when we share investor updates and things like that it's never just you know sunshine and rainbows it's like hey this is where we're going we struggle with this we have to do this and 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 you know and it negatively affected the company or whatever
0: man yeah no kudos to you and good you guys are still around right like yeah you know sometimes we're, like, things- we're like
1: cockroaches you can't get rid of us
0: hell yeah <laughs> well nick i gotta ask you a question that kind of popped into my head because you know your company's sort of based on solving the problem of student debt and me as a you know, uh, graduate knowing or having at least like 26,000 of loans at once upon a time and realizing like that's something that I didn't think was a problem when I, you know, walked into the, the classroom. But once you graduate, you're like, Oh damn, this is not fun anymore. Um, how did, how did you, uh, as a student yourself, like, did you see yourself starting a company or were you wanting to get into workforce through another way? Yeah,
1: no. So, um, that's that's how I was raised like again going back to my mom first thing she did when she moved to this country was start her own business as a cleaning business very you know blue collar but that's all we saw like we didn't see anyone go get a traditional nine-to-five job or um, you know join corporate and like build their career in that way um, so we, we that's all we saw right and even through college like Dan and I were starting businesses whether it's landscaping or like in college I used to um, resell textbooks, right? Cause at the end of the semester, you go to the bookstore and you resell your book to the bookstore to get a credit for your next one, but they're undercutting you by a lot. And then they're just reselling it for more. So what I would do is stand outside the doors. Like how much does the bookstore offer you? 40 bucks. I'll give you $45. And I would sell it on eBay for $65. Right. And like slowly make money, beer money, uh, during college to kind of, you know, um, survive. Right. So yeah, that's right. kind of in my, in my nature and, and same with Dan, Um, But going back to like your debt, your comment on debt, debt is the biggest killer of dreams. Mm. You cannot take risks in your life that you want to take if you have debt, because that's something that you need to pay back, right? If you don't, obviously you're in a shit situation and like like crumbling around you. But we realized when we were starting this company that we were sacrificing goals that we had in life because of debt. You know, it was credit card debt. It was student loan debt. It was all these other forms of debt. And the story of like the origin story of change is that Dan, my brother, co-founder, he wanted to buy a house after he graduated college, graduated college. He was making some pretty decent money, working sales, and um, he found the house he wanted to buy. He got approved for the mortgage. But then he realized he had this, you know, thousand student loan bill on top of all these other bills. He he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to take on a mortgage and make that payment every month without money being very tight. And those are the decisions people were making at the time that um, you know were kind of holding them back from taking the next step in their financial life. Uh-huh. So what we try to do with change is, is flip debt repayment from this negative, disjointed experience into this positive and encouraging one. So you're taking a look at your debt, and every time you log into Change, it's a positive experience. You're like, hell yeah, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of this. That let's go, let's send some more money versus logging into like your student loan portal and seeing eighty thousand dollars, and the next month you see seventy nine thousand nine hundred ninety dollars. And it's just not a positive experience. So that's kind of what we've tried to do with change. And you mentioned student loans, and that's where we started because that's the best time to um, educate someone on how effective debt repayment can really truly change their life from a financial perspective. Um but you know, now we cover auto loans. You can pay off your car with us, you could pay off your credit cards, personal loans, um, you know, uh mortgages if you if you have a house. So we're trying to be where our members are at at every stage of their financial life
0: man yeah that's so that's such a that's such a important thing you guys are doing man so
1: <laughs> thanks I man think- i mean it's it, it's what it's what gets us through some of the lows and like when we're like struggling to figure something out or we don't have a good growth month or um you know we can't get a product out in time and things like they are like we're at the end of the day we're helping solve a problem that we give a shit about and we know a lot of other people do
0: yeah 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 um has uh how, how I guess like one thing I'd love to hear from you is like uh do you um do you think like the the debt repayment history like i guess like when we think about debt like um it seems like it's it it didn't have such a bad like connotation right until like maybe the twenty ten I guess it's always been bad, but like it's always been bad right. The-
1: the repayment process hasn't changed since 3500 BC. You borrow money, you pay that person back. It's a transaction, right? The problem with what what happened, you know, in the late 1900s is all of this credit started becoming available and financial services started happening, and people were borrowing beyond their means. It used to be, you know, where you could buy a house for cash or buy a house and pay it off with, within five years, but now there's a 30 year mortgage which costs, you know, if you buy a two hundred thousand dollar house, it's costing you four hundred five hundred thousand dollars over the life of that loan. Right, right. So it's financial services that's sucking additional money out of consumers' hands, and whether you believe this or not, this is a true fact. Sixty-five percent of a person's take-home pay goes to paying off their debt. So that oh. means you only, you only keep forty-five percent of what you make after thirty.
0: That. 30 yeah, 35% yeah. yeah less, 30,
1: thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, thirty-five. Yeah, and if you take your mortgage payment, your rent payment out of that, there's that's still let's put you know mortgage or rent under the cost of living uh-huh. bucket. Still, thirty percent of your take-home pay goes to credit cards and bills debt, and, credit cards bill uh, not even bills credit cards yeah. auto loans personal loans medical debt whatever it is
0: Nick what, one thing I want to ask you is like what have you seen from maybe a user or per, somebody your personal experience when somebody pays off debt right because I think like I used to have 15k of debt until like last year from credit cards gladly I paid it off um and then I paid off recently thirteen thousand dollars of student loans um I yeah. still have 7K okay. I'm, I'm probably gonna use oh, change it's gonna work look, yeah, but yeah, uh, there's like this thing right like where it's like you're you get so like down that you have the debt and you're just like oh okay it's whatever i i'm i'm not gonna be able to fix you just this. ignore you know? it you just yeah, ignore you it right you and sleep then it it underneath the rug it. right
1: yeah exactly so it's there's this thing called the ostrich effect where you ostriches bury their <laughs> in the sand to avoid what's going on out there so that's what people are doing they're like avoiding the problem and the problem's not going anywhere it's still happening and your debt's accumulating right but um, you're not you're not you don't feel bad about it. So that's one of the things that we're really happy we're able to do is we we don't make it a bad experience. It's a positive experience. See this cool little orange squirrel fill up every time you're saving money. Every time you transfer five dollars from your account, we're telling you, hey, uh, Dan, this five dollars is, is actually worth seven dollars. You just made two dollars doing nothing, right? So like positive encouragement um, throughout the entire uh, process is what helps people, Stay focused, right? Because we're automating this for you, but the that's great, and you can uh, automate it yourself through setting up scheduled payments and stuff like that. But you don't feel good about it. There's no positive reinforcement loop. So then six months down the line, you're like, oh, I'm sending an extra fifty bucks here with my checking auto payment, but I actually need this this month for this. You're gonna you're gonna not going to value that payment as much. And you mentioned, you know, what, like, how do people feel after they pay off uh, their debt? And, like, obviously, it's a great thing. And w- what we've experienced with change is people are very grateful for the fact that this is something that they can take off of their plate and focus on their life, right? Cause we're not, we're not a company that's asking you to change your behaviors. It's more so, um, how do we show you that what we're what we're building here and what we're doing for you by you making this one decision is going to positively positively impact your life moving forward? And then after they pay off their debt, we've got a stash my cash uh, feature which allows you to uh, automate your savings for like a rainy day fund or so you have some you know emergency savings funds as well.
0: Man, that's awesome! Yeah, I think like with uh, debt, like you just I was talking to uh, one of my cousins. He was on the podcast. too. He's a lawyer in Texas, and he was saying he had like 880. So school is very expensive, right? Like yeah, law yeah. school is 180 K cost him. And I was asking, he's an entrepreneur too. And he, I was asking him, how did you, how the hell did you pay this off? And he's like, yeah, I guess like he just would sh- shovel, you know, payments into that. And do you
1: think like so, school's yeah. getting
0: too expensive or what is this?
1: You know? Yeah. I mean, the problem, <laughs> we could talk for hours about yeah, this. We but could. <laughs> the, the core problem is, um, college becoming too expensive, but that's due to the fact that there's more money to pay for college because of these loan programs, right? The government essentially saying, we will fund the education of our country and the university is like, all right, we'll fund our pockets and we'll build a new stadium and we'll make this amenity thing because, you know, we've got all this money, we've got to spend it. Just like if you have a budget, you want to exhaust your budget down to zero. Um, a funny thing with, you know, uh, you mentioned lawyers, but like we, we see a lot of lawyers, dentists, um, doctors, they have a ton of debt and they're brilliant people in their fields, right? They understand, they're like very, very smart. But the one thing they might not be smart at is finances, right? Because if you're so good at one thing, it's hard to be good at all these other things. So like we, we've we had in the past users that had over $500,000 in student loan debt. Oh, God. <laughs> so th- th- this one example is this person who went and got their MBA decided that they didn't want to go into consulting and then they figured out they wanted to be a dentist. So they went through dental school and they borrowed a lot of that money. Now they had over $500,000 in, in student debt. And like, that's just something you're. It's going to be wow. very difficult to dig <laughs> out of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for you, Nick, how did you pay off your student? You know, like how did, how was your process? How I are, haven't. You haven't? haven't.
1: So I'm still paying it off. Yeah. Um, so again as i mentioned when we were growing up there wasn't a lot of money to go around so we had to borrow money for school we had to put a lot of things on credit cards we had to buy our own cars we had to you know pay for them with borrowed money um and that kind of put us in a position to want to start change because we were struggling with this so much um and as you're starting change as a founder it's not like you're paying yourself a six-figure failure right, right, right right. off the bat. so you know like i was saying like i mentioned Sharky, i was driving uber just to pay the bills and I, uh, I used to
0: drive Uber dude, man. man. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it was, it
1: was great. Cause like during that time, Uber was, uh, Making- it was very lean. and like, I, I always worked the morning shift. So all the people taking them downtown and like talking about their work. And I ran some people that were like advisors and investors. So I just like started pitching our idea. You know, I don't want to be that Uber driver that's forcing a conversation, but at the time I'm like, I'm pitching my idea. I don't care. Right. Um, and it was it was just it was a, a job that gave me the flexibility to keep working on changed um while still being able to earn enough money to cover the bills
0: yeah um i get i guess like nick one i guess kind of interesting question was like what when you guys got the funding from shark tank did, did you stop driving uber or like you still do that in secret
1: <laughs> no i don't i don't do it anymore just because i'm working way too many hours uh at change. we're still very much yeah, in. yeah yeah yeah. Um, but uh, I did for sure for that year following just because we only raised 250k and we had some big plans for it so we like we still weren't paying ourselves a salary we and yeah. uh, investing that into growth product and obviously growing our team.
0: Um i guess nick one cool question i mean i don't know how familiar you're, like as a fan of the shark tank show but like do you have another founder in there that you or story that you i know ring could have been on, was on there they didn't get funded but do you have like another favorite entrepreneur from the show that i mean there are a
1: couple of uh you know? <laughs> on our on our episode that were from chicago that were pretty cool one was uh this guy named martin he had uh, sport clips which was like a barb you know like the at the at the end of a barbell like the clips that go on oh there, yeah 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 yeah, he yeah like ones that like snapped on and then like could hold all this weight he was a cool dude <laughs> um, and then i like the funny episodes like the wine in a cup guy that guy was hilarious it, it, i i very much saw it as entertainment like in college we used to watch the show and like act as the investors like what would you do what valuation would you give this yada 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 things like that um but you know my wife and I still oh, sit yeah. down Just sit down and watch the show every friday
0: man it's a good show you know it's like yeah. one of those things that teaches you that uh starting a business could be fun but then it's you know it's there's so much behind it you would never guess that it was behind it yeah. like
1: I, I, was, I was meeting with an advisor the other day and we talked about how you know using mentors and advisors advisors in your life, seems like such a magic pill to figure out how to do things. But really, there is an unlimited number of ways companies can be built. And there's never a straight line. And there isn't a, a thing to connect the dots. And there isn't, you know, one right way to do it. Um, and that show helps kind of teach younger people and just people that are looking to start businesses that, you know, oh, there isn't just one path. This person did it this way. This person started. 17 years ago and then this year just started making a ton of money this person started two months ago and now they're making 10 million dollars right there's so many different um ways to start a business and the ways that that they happen that it's cool to see that in mass on a show like that
0: man yeah that's that's one of those things it's just uh so like fascinating um what well i guess
1: what's one of your favorite uh uh... um that's
0: that's a good one man like what is my favorite uh Let's see. Like, um, Shark tank. Let me think. What well, was a good episode? Uh, I like when they pitch dog stuff. Like, I, yeah. I like, uh, I have a dog. You got, like,
1: are you an animal person?
0: I, I'd say I'm a dog. Yeah. I, I, you could say yeah, that. that I, <laughs> I'm That's not it. the best with other dogs. With my dog, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: friends. I like a lot of the physical products. Cause I like, I want to try some of them out. Right. There was like this one camping fire box thing that I wanted to buy. I think I have it in my cart somewhere, so I just haven't pulled it Oh, man. Um, yeah.
0: There, there's um, some quirky ones. Um, Shark Tank, what is... Uh, I I don't even remember. I just... Yeah, I think like I'll... Um, I won't even like remember the name. But if for some reason I remember you're like dude, like the student, that thing just resonates with me so so interestingly. Yeah, I mean, um, there's
1: so many different things that are pitched on there, right? So... Yeah, yeah. Um, it makes such a great show. Um I just, you know, speaking of like the the entre- entrepreneurial spirit you see on Shark Tank, it's it's something that and the, and we were speaking before we we started here, um, you know, it's it's such a uh sexy thing to do from people on the outside, but like a lot of the things that aren't shared and the show helps expose it is that, you know, there's it's a grind and it's it's when you're in the trenches it's like you're, you're losing sleep. You're, you're not taking care of your health. Like you can see how founders just brains change over the years that they build their companies. Right. Um, And it's, it's definitely something that um, I think everyone can do if they want to do it, but it's, it, you have to make an investment in and sacrifice um, certain things in your life. Right. Some relationships may fall, you know, some opportunities you might have to pass by. You might not be able to go to your cousin's wedding in Hawaii or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's just really interesting to kind of see that on the show, but also for, for anyone listening, it's, it's, it's a commitment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, I I guess, coming back to that thing, like of going to school and getting a degree, like, did you, did you, um, do you think like school helped you in your career or, you know, it's always a touchy thing, right? Cause like people go to school and they don't necessarily do anything that the degree was meant for, Yeah. But- it did I think help de- in a
1: lot of ways. You know. I think degrees are useless unless you're going <laughs> to the specialized field. Now, I'm not saying college is useless. I'm saying like my degree, when I got it, like literally the, the diploma, it's in a filing cabinet that I haven't touched since I graduated. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think I put it on my resumes. So what, yeah. what I think college helps you do, and maybe, the, maybe college and education beyond high school is going to evolve over the next few decades, but it's a time in your life where you're developing, um, and you're learning what you want to do in life because all the way through high school, you you really are, aren't like, I mean, some people think about it, but um, you're, you don't have the pressure to figure out what you want to do in life. And college is like a, a microcosm of, hey, putting pressure on you to figure out what you want to do in life. And there's a lot of opportunities to learn a lot of different things. So when I was in college, I took a whole bunch of different courses and things that I knew I wouldn't want to do or thought I didn't want to do, but found interest in like, you know, I like business law right? I, like I had no idea. I even liked law. And at one point I wanted to go into law school, but they didn't want to make that investment. Um, but I think, you know, that degree, the education you get there, whether it's, you know, um, specifically with business or anything like that um, is valuable. The experience there is valuable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, uh, so I guess you went to the University of Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: You, you saw You got a degree in entrepreneurship or just bachelor of science yeah. in yeah. I, I, I always ask this question. To people I, I get who get that I guess just a business degree. I didn't get one, but um, how much does that, that education or academic academia help you with being an entrepreneur? If you think yeah. it does,
1: I mean the the program that we had was great because it was in Chicago and it was at a time where the tech ecosystem was just starting off. So we had a lot of opportunities to meet with specific founders of companies and 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 talk through their stories. Um, and, you know, be connected with some uh, Fortune 500 companies that had, you know, entrepreneurship programs or entrepreneurship programs within their organization, talk through some of the innovative things that they were thinking through. <clears throat> but I think a, a, the reason I chose entrepreneurship was because I wanted to learn a little bit about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you choose any other type of business degree um, or, you know, accounting or, or whatever, like even law school, like you're learning a lot about one thing. And mm-hmm. entrepreneurship allows you to learn a lot of things or a little bit about a lot of things. And that's kind of what I feel you need when, you, when you're when you trying to start a company and build something.
0: Man, that's that's right. Uh, I guess, like, jumping into what you guys are doing with change, did you, I guess, creating, like, the app, did you find that difficult, like, just making software and, you know, connecting yeah, so it with we, the so we, uh
1: Dan and I weren't technical, like, I could do a little bit. So we were on the hunt to find a co-founder and at the time, there was this website called cofounderslab.com, which was essentially like a LinkedIn for people that want to start companies together. It's like a kind of find your match dating site. And we ran across our CTO, Mike's profile, and his profile read, I build MVPs. Like, Holy shit, we need an MVP. Like this <laughs> guy, right? So we met him at a Whole Foods cafeteria, and I pitched him the idea. He's like, I love it. He's like, All right, you, need, you need me and my brother, Dan, because he's uh, he's putting up the money to start this company. So um, he went. Up, he met him at a night hop. They had pancakes. They pitched the idea, or Dan pitched the idea, and yeah, I uh, decided to join us. And it was, you know, it, it's it's hard to find a co-founder that's willing to take that risk, but we were very fortunate in that.
0: Um, Nick, I guess one thing I wanted to hear was like, uh, you, you guys self-funded it, right? Like out of your own pot, or you, you know, even the Uber money or every, everything yeah. you guys had.
1: So yeah, the initial money in. So I remember I was telling you the story about Dan wanting to buy his first home. The initial money in was Dan's down payment. He was going to use to buy his home. Oh, and wow. it, was, it wasn't that much. It was like you know, a few grand. Yeah, um, that was what allowed us to you know get the initial concept developed and launch and get, gave us a little bit like we weren't paying ourselves at that point. So obviously, the biggest cost of running our b- a business is the people
0: salaries. Paying yeah,
1: paying ourselves, we were just paying for the services that we needed and things like that. So it gave us a few months of runway um and then you know obviously the shark tank thing came about and that um was our first money in essentially
0: um and and as business uh, business operator do you feel like um once you guys got significant customers and i remember it was saying all right i looked on the app and it says pay five bucks a month or ten bucks to uh for the service right like and then yeah how did you feel like when the company was making i guess significant revenue and you guys were trying to still operate but still figure out how to use the funds too. Like was that difficult for you at that time?
1: Yeah. I mean, so in the early days we obviously weren't making significant revenue, but as we've grown, um we've we've started to make revenue to a point where we can become a self-sustaining business, which is always great because um relying on investment dollars is one route to go when building a company, but it gives you a lot less control over that. So um, we're raising money mindfully from people that you know um, believe in what we're building and see a large positive outcome on the other side of this. You can't convince every, everybody of that, um, but over the years we've you know focused yeah. on unit economics, focused on customer acquisition costs, focused on all these key metrics that are very baseline business based. Maybe not you know for a uh, social media startup that's just trying to get eyeballs and users, but for a fintech that's trying to scale and grow with a good unit economics, it was very important for us to figure that out. And it did take several years for us to get there.
0: Man, that's, that's one of the cool stories. You know, we, we, I guess, yeah, as, as a, some as podcasters interviewed somebody like uh, something like 115 plus people on entrepreneurship, the conversation just never gets old to me. Like, uh,
1: and it's all, it's, it's always different. Like you can yeah. interview a thousand people. There's, you're going to learn something from every little conversation.
0: Man, that is that is so true. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, I I guess like Nick, like um that's that's really cool what we've covered so far. I think like for you as, as an entrepreneur, do you still feel like an entrepreneur, right? Because once you get like do you feel like the do you feel like more of a I guess like a tried and true CEO versus you know how entrepreneurs they like, kind of graduate to yeah. sustainable business uh, at some point?
1: Yeah, I, I take my duty and role as CEO very seriously. And that's, you know, my duty is to um, build value for our shareholders, um, including investors, team members, users. Um, But I'm very much so an operational CEO versus just being out there raising money uh, all the time. So I'm deep in the trenches. I'm doing product. I'm doing, um, you know, customer calls. I'm doing sales, things like that, um, because it's just kind of what you need to do. I need to embrace the broom, right? I need to Um, Do everything that needs to be done to uh, make uh, to reach our goals and make our company successful. Because this is something that needs to be out there. Like if we were to shut down tomorrow, there'd be tens of thousands of people that would be very angry with us, right? So (laughs) um, we want to make sure that we're um, you know checking all our boxes, crossing our t's, setting our eyes as we continue to grow the business.
0: Um, Yeah, one thing, Nick. I guess like just before we get into latter end of the podcast is like, how did you guys come up or try to do customer marketing and, you know, customer acquisition? since uh, yeah, it seems like everybody or every company needs that to be working at all cylinders, you know, like, um,
1: yeah, I mean, we were fortunate early on to have shark tank and then we got a bunch of presser on that. So that gave us our initial customer acquisition bucket. Um, and then as we continue to grow, there's a lot of referrals. So we, we tried to lean on the organic growth and we recently just started spending some money on paid acquisition and are seeing some pretty good customer acquisition lifetime value numbers and like just our payback period is is super uh quick so that's good from a cash flow perspective um but yeah I mean we're 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 trying a lot of things and focusing on the things that work. We do a lot of experiments and kill things really quickly uh when they're not working
0: man that's so cool to hear like the experiments like I think that's something that you know. Entrepreneurs and business owners don't really—they
1: can—they can get expensive. You like know, you can experiment so much that you know you're 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 straining your resources and you're spending too much money on channels, for instance, for acquisition when you shouldn't be. So it's it's really important to test a lot, but kill kill the losers quickly and double down on the winners.
0: Do you think your sense of urgency shifted a little bit once you know you 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 guys got funding and had a little bit more of resource to? Uh, run the company or do you think like it just stays the same? I,
1: there's more of a sense of urgency now than ever like right it's once you raise money your 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 goal now shifts from let's build a cool awesome business that's going to make a ton of money to let's build a gigantic company that's going to return billions of dollars to shareholders and all those so it's a different mindset you have to be in um once you take your first dollar of vc right and we We have some patient capital, like as far as investors, but if we went down the traditional, you know, uh, West Coast or East Coast fundraising path, um, we'd probably have to be burning a whole bunch of money just to reach our goals. So, like, we're building this company to make it a big company. We're not, and and get to, you know, making making money. We're not building this company to reach our next fundraising milestone, right? So, those are the metrics we're looking at it. Sometimes a lot of them overlap, but it's not like, hey, I need to hit this metric by December, 2026 to raise our series B. I'm I'm, I'm thinking I need to hit $10 million in revenue in 2024 in order to continue growing this business in the way that we want to build it.
0: No, I love that, man. I think like, you know, um, I guess startups, at least on the coast, right, as you allude to, like they have that, you know, let's spend and spend and spend kind of perspective. And,
1: and sometimes it's good. I don't want, like, I'm not like throwing shade anywhere. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's a business that works, right. Growing and getting ahead of competition and being the first one out there with the most amount of users, the most amount of revenue is the way to do it. Um, but there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of paths to do that. Yeah. Um, just, you know, heavy fundraising. One is maybe a little slower growth, but better unit economics.
0: Um, no, that's, that's that's right. I, I want to talk about a couple more things here. When it comes to debt, um, do you perceive like buying a home or it seems like that's good debt, right? But then again, you look at rates and you don't necessarily, that's not necessarily the case. Do you think that, yeah. yeah, like, do you think like different, like comparing student loans and credit cards and, you know, mortgages, like, do you have like a different aspect on like which one is better over the other?
1: No, it depends on what your goals in life are because if you want to own a home and have that freedom and check that off your box and so like they can buy a home. It doesn't matter if the interest rates are 10%. It doesn't matter if the prices are high. Like if you're happy with this home and you can afford it to to uh, a point where you're not living beyond your means, then that's what you need to do because we don't yeah. live this life to at the end of it, say, Hey, I saved a whole bunch of money, but I didn't do anything I wanted to see you later. Right. right so right, right. it all depends. Like the things that are, are unhealthy are racking up a bunch of credit card debt for things that you don't need, right? Like sometimes credit cards are a very useful tool for people that need to adjust and manage their cash flow as they're getting paid, right? But it's a very slippery slope. And don't even get me started on payday loans and things that are a lot more predatory than, you know, traditional uh, debt. Um, But at the end of the day, it's all debt. It's all borrowed money for things that you're essentially making payments for things that you, you bought before. I don't know if that makes sense, but
0: yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just having interest to come in there too and play play into that. Like if, awesome. if you
1: if you buy like a pair of shoes and you throw those pairs of shoes out, but you're still making the payments on those shoes um because you put it on some, I don't know, 25 month plan. Yeah. <laughs> making payments on something that's in the garbage. I don't know. No,
0: that's, that's cool, man. Yeah. I think like finance is something interesting to me. I was, I was in Manhattan one time and I bumped into like the founder of a firm on the street. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's definitely like, I think with the digitalization of like, you know, using a phone to pay for everything, it doesn't feel like you're really buying anything sometimes, you know,
1: like Dan, we're not going back to cash. So we're going to have to learn how to live with uh, all these tools that we have in our pockets.
0: Tell me about it, man. Um, one, okay. One couple, one, one thing, I guess, okay. Last couple things, Nick are, um, uh, if there's anything that you learned about yourself as an entrepreneur that you didn't necessarily know, like what would you say that is like, you know, when it comes to like perseverance or I guess just forcing like yourself to work when it's uncomfortable and the, 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 you know, the, I guess the odds feel stacked against you or like, you know, you're, Lifestyle speed um, compromise. What is it that you learned?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I've definitely learned that I'm uh more patient than I thought I was. Um, and definitely more uh I have more staying power than I thought I would have, right? So um before doing this, I was very um I don't say impatient, but I wanted a result quickly, right? I wanted some, I wanted to put a dollar into this machine and get ten dollars out right away. And I knew that that's not something that um, you can build overnight. So, like, learning patience throughout the process. We've been at this for a few years, right? And we're still figuring shit out. So, it's not like um, uh, you learn everything in the first year of startup boot camp. Yeah, school, yeah. But in your It's like, you're learning something every day. Um, another thing I have learned is, like, uh, one of the things that I – uh, have learned I need to be better at is managing my relationships outside of work. Um, just like I lose touch with friends. I lose touch with, you know, family members because I focus on work. Like obviously it, so I have uh, my wife and uh, our firstborn. So I'm very focused on, on that, like small nuclear family relationship, but like, you know, some cousins I haven't seen in a while and friends, like I was asked to go to a dinner uh, tomorrow to fe- celebrate one of my friends birthdays. And I'm like, I can't go, I got to work. Right. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's um managing your time better. Um, I think at the end of the day, it makes you a more productive person if you take some time for yourself.
0: No, that's try and truism. I I guess Nick, did you ever got did have you has change ever like received feedback from like the loan service providers? Like, do they say like um are they like in support of you or are they like, no, don't do this. We want more interest payments. Like, is there even a yeah, do they even reach out uh, or on anything?
1: The, on the student loan side, they they don't get paid interest, so they just service the loan. They have no problem with it, they love us. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, we haven't run into any issues from lenders saying, hey, we're not going to accept these payments because you're helping people pay off their debt early. Um, I don't think that'd be good business for them.
0: The, the way it works, right, just to explain for the audience is like you, you know, it's it's like I'll have an app and like a lot of the roundups, like say I bought like a, like a coconut water or whatever. Yeah. The roundups, they add up and then that add up, that change, change added up that goes towards some loan or some debt in there that's connected already that I don't even have to press buttons. That's that's,
1: that's our uh, bread and butter feature, right? So um, you link your spending accounts and as you're spending buying things, gas, groceries, uh, coconut waters, whatever, we round up the spare change from those transactions. So you buy something for $3.49, we take 51 cents, put it in, in your changed account, And then we start storing all your roundups there. And once it reaches, you know, $25 and accumulated roundups over the, over the time, we send a payment toward your loan loan servicer every single time. So it's automated, right? Technically our platform is meant to be a set it and forget it platform. So you link your spending accounts, you link your debt, and then as you spend, we'll just send payments and we'll let you know, Hey, we sent another payment, Dan. Hey, we sent another payment, Dan. And then like, we'll show you how much time and money you're saving with those payments. But what we found is uh-huh. people are engaging with the app, right? So they're like, "Oh, let me let me do a savings boost because I have an extra a little bit of extra cash, or I want to see where my scroll is and when am I going to send my next payment?" Because we set this threshold, so we're not sending you know nickels and dimes to all these services and things like that. Uh, you have to wait to until to, to, you reach the threshold. So yeah, <laughs> like oh, I'm five bucks away from sending my next payment. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a one time boost so you can schedule a transfer at one time or schedule them. You know, every Friday when you get paid or every other Friday, wherever that is. Yeah, yeah. I've um, got it. i got
0: to sign up and yeah, you know, yeah. try it out myself. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you've got you've got to try it out, man. If you've got a little bit of student loan debt left, you get get rid of that, man.
0: No, yeah, it's 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 a pain in the butt. So um no, I guess what else could we talk? I guess um when it, yeah, no, this has been a really good conversation. I think like uh student loans is such a harassing problem that uh it it's, gets it's, away with. It
1: yeah i mean all that in general right it's if you're if you're debt free you are in a position to make anything you want in life happen if you have a debt you are not i don't want to say own but you are beholden stuck to- right kind of stuck. Yeah, stuck like like i can't you know take a year off of work or whatever because i have to have all these bills all these pay like if i wanted to you know travel the country in a cool pinteresty rv thing and like vagabond i I wouldn't be able to do that because i've got all this debt Um, yeah and and the interest
0: i think what you guys really do the value is like it counteracts the interest right because like the interest payment like oh yeah the principal but the interest will still screw me over you know
1: yeah you're you need to as you're making payments you're lowering your principal which means they're charging you interest on less principal which saves you at the end of the day
0: uh Nick Nick, two more questions. Okay. What well, yeah, one yeah. question is uh if you uh could have a dinner with anybody in the world when it comes to business and just shoot the shit, like who do you think that would be with if you could have, have the option?
1: Dead or alive? Dead or alive, yeah. Yeah. Uh I think Thomas Edison.
0: Thomas Edison. The
1: because because I like how I mean, just hit the quotes that he's got it just brings so true to me when people say, "Ah, oh, you're, you're a failure. You failed thousands of times. Like, no, I just learned a thousand ways that wouldn't work. Right. So like I, I know what I'm, I know, I'm getting closer to what works. It's like when you're raising money, it's like every no, it gets you one, one, no, one step closer to a Yes. Right. So I like that type of mentality where like, don't look down on yourself. Like if this fails, that just means that's not the right way to do it. Do it a different way. Right. Um I don't know what we talk about i'm not that i'm not a huge fan of light bulbs yeah, much yeah
0: yeah yeah but... yeah um well, next question is what would you say your startup mindset is when it comes to creating change and being a ceo of or founder of a you know
1: startup my mindset um persistence um a mindset of, of being persistent um being like i said we're 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 cockroaches like uh-huh. uh, we we're, we we're here we're we're not going anywhere right you try to get rid of us i dare you um it's it's a mind of mindset of just just keep pushing i feel like a lot of people give up too early yeah and it's one thing if you fail but you never really fail until you quit yeah because you can have many failures in your in your journey to success but when you quit that's a true failure like there's this talk about you need to know when you quit, and I, I and I understand there are certain scenarios where that makes sense, but you know, I don't see uh, I don't see a future of of where we where we give up or quit. You've like you've just-
0: never thought of like ending the company or anything, or like pursuing anything yeah. else, or no?
1: No, I mean. If there's an opportunity for us to like, you know, join a larger company, yeah. so we can make more people, sure, of course. Yeah, like there's yeah. there's, a, there's been exit thoughts and there's been exit conversations, but I it's not it's not like I, w- I would want to sell this company to someone to then just kill it. Like that, right, I'd right. rather just keep running the company, right?
0: Well, Nick, that does it for the podcast, man. Any last words or anything like you want to say that we didn't get the chance? Yeah, no, I cover mean,
1: you? one, Dan, download the change up and pay off your student loans uh to anyone that is uh um thinking about starting a company and you're just holding on to the idea and like waiting to take the leap um take the leap you don't need to quit your job to take the leap you can you can experiment and like talk to some early beta users put up a landing page just put it on your LinkedIn like people LinkedIn is like the source of everybody's fake jobs right so put up put up like founder of ABC company and they're like, oh what is that put up a landing page see I'm an abstraction to get there um and then third thing is uh if you have debt any type of debt download the change app available on ios and android um you can google changed uh debt payoff or or anything like that you'll be, you'll be able to find us and hit us up on our socials we're, we're always watching those and, and uh responding
0: gotcha well nick man it's been such a good conversation and i'm uh glad to have had it you know and happy holidays to you and uh excited to see what else the future holds you know
1: same to you, Dan. Has been a blast uh, chatting with you. Thanks for letting oh, us man. share.